Aloha! Welcome to the Haleo Nakaula podcast. We are based upcountry on the stunning island of Maui. If you have any questions or want to know more about us, you can always check us out at hokmaui.com. We would love to connect with you on social media throughout the week, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Today, our pastor, Daniel Oliveira, entreats us to dig into the scriptures about God's plan for inclusion. Sometimes we might think that for God to accept one, he has to reject another, but he is unlimited. 2 Chronicles 6.14 He said, O Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth keeping covenant and showing loving kindness to your servants who walk before you with all their heart. Can we start this? It's human to believe in separation. It's human for us to believe in division in different levels. So one of the things that we do is because we, we relate like that, we also impose that to God. You know, and what I want to talk about tonight is that with God, He doesn't see separations. One example is like Ephesians 4, He gave the fivefold ministry so that we all grow to the fullness of the measure of Christ. Because in his mind, he wants to see and relate to all of us the same. And I mean, and, and I couldn't go on, and John 17, Jesus Christ is talking to the disciples, saying that my Father loved me as he loves you. You know, and I think that one of the, the, the biggest separations and divisions that we have to eliminate from our faith, our beliefs, is that God loves differently. And he chooses people differently. Don't you love to read the Bible and then something becomes alive and you go like, oh my God, I never saw that. You know, and I was reading Isaiah. Remember, Isaiah is a prophet to Judah, right? The ten northern tribes were taken captive already. And Isaiah is prophesying to Judah, to Jerusalem, before Babylon comes and destroys the temple and takes them away. But... At that time, the temple was still standing. The prophet Isaiah was speaking, guys, you need to return to the Lord. You know, Isaiah 58 talks about the fast that I choose. Like, this is not working. You need to change your ways. And they didn't. So the Babylonians came and destroyed the temple. But listen to this prophecy here in Isaiah 56. Thus says the Lord, preserve justice and do righteousness. For my salvation is about to come, and my righteousness to be revealed. How blessed is the man who does this, and the son of man who takes hold of it, who keeps from profaning, profaning the Sabbath, 
and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Now listen to this. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, the Lord will separate. The Lord will surely separate me from his people. I am a foreigner. I am a Gentile. I'm not of the chosen nation of Israel. But I'm here serving the Lord to the best of my abilities. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. Nor let the eunuch say, behold, I'm a dry tree. I am dead. I cannot produce anything. I am the end of the line. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and hold fast my covenant. To them I will give in my house and within my walls a memorial and a name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name which will not be cut off. Also, the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone who keeps them from profaning the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even those I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer, their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all the peoples. The Lord God who gathers the dispersed of Israel declares, Yet others I will gather to them, to those already gathered. I don't know if this impacts you as it impacts me, because to me, a lot of times we, we think about us. You know, you, you read about Peter having, having the dream of the you know, animals and opening his heart for the Gentiles, and then Gentiles receiving the Holy Spirit, right? And then Acts 15, and we may read, get there tonight or maybe next time, you know, what are we going to do with these Gentiles? You know, the Lord is including them because he's giving them the Holy Spirit. They are speaking in tongues. What are we going to do with them? Right? So that's how we, we think that we come in the, the story, that God had to make a plan. Last minute, let me include these guys. No, this is Isaiah. 500 years before the day of Pentecost, prophesying that my house will be a house of prayers for all the peoples. So we should look at the day of Pentecost and then Peter and the Acts 15 saying, see, this is a fulfillment of a prophecy that Isaiah spoke over 500 years before. But then you can go further back. You can go back to Genesis 12, 3. And this is God 
Remember, creation, fall, the nations get together. I mean, everybody was speaking only one language. They get together. We don't need God. Let's build this tower, and we're going to get to God. God says, no, 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 no. Division. Different nations are scattered among the, the world. Right? Then you continue reading Genesis. God says, okay, Abraham, I'm going to start something different with you. I'm going to create a nation that's going to be my nation. Right? But Genesis 12, 3, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Genesis 22:18. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So even when in our minds we think about God creating walls of separation, and I'm going to choose this one, and we also think he's going to reject the other one. Right? No, he's saying, no, I'm going to, my plan is all-inclusive. And I'm going to find a way that in Abraham, in the seed of Abraham, I'm going to bless all the nations. Now, who is the seed of Abraham? Jesus. Right? He said, before Abraham was, I am. So, I love this because then we, we jump to Second Chronicles and it's Solomon dedicating the temple, the first temple. And these two verses are part of this prayer of Solomon dedicating the temple. Look at what he's saying. Also, Second Chronicles six thirty two. Also concerning the foreigner who is not from your people Israel, when he comes from a far country for your great name's sake, and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when they come and pray toward this house, then hear from heaven, from your dwelling place. And do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you, in order that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your people Israel, and that they may know that this house which I have built is called by your name. Right? So this is Solomon before the glory fills the temple. He's dead praying, asking God in a prophetic prayer how that temple was going to work. Then hundreds of years later, Isaiah comes, prophesies before the destruction of the temple, and then we know that the temple is re rebuilt. And then what happens? Jesus came. And then, the plan, the eternal plan of God, finally makes sense. 
Because up to that point, it was a mystery. How is God going to do that? How can this happen? You know, the, the picture that I was going to show you is a picture of the temple, the second temple, with a court for the Gentiles. They could actually get close to the temple, but not inside the temple. There was a wall of separation. They could go there and pray and, and sacrifice, but they could not go in. And in the New Testament, you see that when, you know, they accuse Paul of bringing somebody inside the temple. And, but let's go to Ephesians 2, starting with verse 1. And then here, at this point here, we passed through the inclusion of the Gentiles, Acts 15, and this is a Paul writing to a Gentile church. And he's explaining to them how they were included in God's plan. Because before that, they were actually without a God in the world. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us. Lord, reveal this great love for each one of us. Not with the concept of walls and separations and different choosings. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now look at this. So that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And this is where we could spend a long time. That... Paul was trying to correct, especially here in, in Galatians, a way of thinking that still affects us today. Because once you are chosen, then you think you're special. And then because of what you do, you think that you're more special. And then whoever does not do what you do is not as special. Because that's how we think. And he was saying here, it's not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, 
which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, walls of separation. You know, because you are Gentiles, some people were trying to get them to get circumcised, to be part of the circumcision. And Paul was saying, that's not the point, because we all are here by the grace of God and by the choosing of God. And in God, right now, there is no separation. By the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ, listen to this, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so that in himself he might make the two into one man, thus establishing peace, and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross, by it putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have our access in one spirit, to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Is this important or what? I think that this is really important because a lot of times it's as if we get the idea that God is limited and for him to accept one, he has to reject the other. For me to be loved, that person has to be less loved. Right? For Israel to be blessed, then means that nobody is blessed. Or if the church is going to be blessed, then that group cannot be blessed. And God is finding a way, and that's the good news of the gospel. What is the good news of the gospel? The wedding feast is open for everybody. The love is a, by grace. It's a free gift. I think that this is something that the Lord is speaking to me that I need to change my concept of, about God. 
and not have a, a God that only fits in a little box, talking about walls of separation. And in my little box that I built for God, he can only fit so many people. No, he is the creator of the universe. He created all of us. He created the host of heaven that we're not even talking about, the spirits, elemental spirits, principalities and powers, angels, archangels. And we are here thinking about denominations and churches and races. When he's promising Abraham, he knew all the nations. Go preach the gospel to all creation. <laughs> because all creation is going to be blessed by this now. Can I read one more or two? This one is not going to be too long. Just two verses. Galatians 3, 28 and 29. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants. Heirs according to the promise. Is that clear or what? Christ came abolishing the dividing wall. He's saying, he came to say, you know, there is a, a new temple that's going to be built. Talking about that, I have to go back to Amos 9.11. And this is another prophet of the Old Testament prophesying about the rebuilding of a temple. In that day I will raise up the fallen booth of David and wall up its breaches. I will also raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old. Wouldn't it be fun if they could find the fallen booth of David since they are excavating the city of David right now and they are discovering all these awesome treasures there that they may possess the remnants of Edom and all the nations who are called by my name, declares the Lord who does this. So here is Amos also, hundreds of years before Christ, saying, I will rebuild the fallen booth of David, and all the nations will come together. Ephesians 3, 4. And this is, again, Paul continuing to explain to the church in Ephesus. By referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, Messiah. All the prophecies about the Messiah, they could not understand what was about to happen. And when it happened, Paul had to explain the mystery which in other generations was not made known to the sons of man, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. To be specific, that the Gentiles 
are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel, of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace which was given to me according to the working of his power. To me, the very least of all the saints, all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles of the riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried, carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. What I want with this is, Lord, expand my understanding of your plan, of your salvation, of the work and the ministry of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. It is difficult to talk about this because you may offend people. But what I'm getting here is the New Testament is speaking to us. <laughs> the nations that were included through Christ. It was the prophecy to Abraham, the prayer of Solomon, the dedication of the temple, Amos talked about it. Isaiah talked about it. But it had to happen with the blood of Christ to include the other nations. And this is huge. I, I, I was going to read, but you can read later. Acts 15. And it, it is interesting because James, when they finally decide how to handle the Gentiles and allow them to be included in God's plan, at that time, he quotes the same prophecy from Amos. Let me go there really quick. Acts fifteen thirteen. After they had stopped speaking, James answered, saying, Brethren, listen to me. James, the brother of the Lord Jesus, right? Simeon, Peter, has related how God first concerned himself about taking from all the Gentiles a people for his name. With this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written, after these things I will return, and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen. And I will rebuild its ruins, I will restore it, so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. And all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from long ago. Isn't that awesome that James... The leader of the church in Jerusalem 
after the resurrection, he's quoting from the Old Testament, from Amos, and uh, where's this other one from? I think it's from Isaiah 45, 21. Therefore, it is my judgment that we do not trouble those who are turning to God from among the Gentiles. What was the trouble? Some wanted them to, if they were going to come be part of the church, they wanted them to become Jews. <laughs> they have to get circumcised, they have to follow the law, follow all the rituals and keep all the feasts, keep all the Sabbath, everything. And what James is saying, no, 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 we are not going to require this from them. Because the Holy Spirit did not require them that from them before baptizing them in the Holy Spirit. But some Gentiles that were saved were connected to the Pharisees and they thought, for me to be more spiritual, I have to do the whole thing. So I'm going to get circumcised, so now I can force the other ones to get circumcised. Aren't we wonderful? <laughs> when God comes to remove the walls, we build walls. When God comes to include, we find a way to be more spiritual, more special, and separate others because they are not as special as we are. Therefore, it is my judgment, Acts 15, 19, that we do not trouble those who are turning to God from among the Gentiles, but that we write to them that they abstain from things contaminated by idols, idolatry, anything related to God, other gods and idols, that they abstain from fornication, and you can look in the dictionary what that is, and from what is strangled and from blood. For Moses from ancient generations has in every city those who preach him, since he's read in the synagogues every Sabbath. These three things are the simple summarized laws that were required before for Gentiles to be God-fearers. And James was saying, why are we going to change that now? If the Gentiles want to do this, they can do this. If they want to learn more from us, they can learn more from us. But it's interesting to me that a lot of times in the New Testament, what you see in the book of Hebrews, in the book of you know, Corinthians, is the apostles and writers of the New Testament trying to explain what the law is without imposing the legalism. But if you have the basic understanding, then you have a deeper understanding of what Christ did for you. 
right? I mean, look at us. If we don't understand anything about Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles, we, don't, we have a very shallow understanding of salvation and the plan of God for eternity. So, Lord, help us to understand the good news of the gospel, the good news of the abolishing of the walls, and that in, in reality is a plan and a mystery from many generations before that was only revealed your plan to include us, to be without separation. Like Isaiah says, he will not reject, and he will give a name like the sons and daughters. And that is beautiful. We're looking for this deeper understanding of you, your plan, and your love for us. To receive this new, we have to get, old, get rid of the old. To receive the new, we have to become new wineskins. And I think that this is really one thing that's really in my heart. That we open up to what the Lord is speaking to us for many years already about what he is revealing in the scriptures, about this relationship between the church and Israel. Lord, make us flexible and teachable. You know, not that we're going to be more special or more spiritual if we do this and we do that. That's not the point. The point is that we understand what the... the the shadows and signs and what those things were pointing to in the fulfillment of Christ. Because if I ignore the whole Old Testament, I will keep a very shallow understanding of God's plan and God's love and God's inclusion, God's redemption, God's salvation. But if we dig deeper in the Word, we're going to have always this treasure keep being revealed to us. Amen. I bless this for us. Mahalo for listening to this message. If you are led to leave a rating and review, please feel free to do so. May God bless you.